from the KMNN studios, this is the Kids Morning News Network. Good morning and welcome to the Kids Morning News Network. I'm Alex. It's December 14th, 2023. Hey, did you wake up early this morning? If so, you might be a caveman or cavewoman or cave kid. Not really. But there is a new study that found that people who like getting up early might have some genes from Neanderthals. They were people who lived tens of thousands of years ago. They don't exist anymore, but some of their DNA floats around in some of us, actually in most of us. And this new study says that people who like waking up early might have more Neanderthal DNA than other people. So Neanderthals apparently were morning cave persons. A little more recently, in 1819, on this day, Alabama became the 22nd state in the United States. Did you know that we added them one by one? There are 50 now, but it took a long time to, to get 50. And even a little closer to today, 1911, on this day, the South Pole was reached by a person for the first time. Norwegian explorer Roald Amundsen and his team were the first people to make it to the South Pole. Now, this was during a period of time that's called the Heroic Age of Antarctic Expedition. It lasted from about the late 1800s until around 1920 or so. This happened about the same time that people were trying to reach the North Pole, too. And the thing is, Amundsen didn't set out to find the South Pole. He wanted to be the first to the North Pole. But it took him years to put this expedition together. And while he was doing it, two American expeditions said they'd made it to the North Pole. And actually, that set off a big debate on whether they did or who was first. Different story. But Amundsen, in his mind, kind of kept it to himself, changed his plans. He didn't make a big deal out of it. Mostly because he was worried that the people who were putting up the money for him to find the North Pole would not put up the money for the South Pole. So he didn't really tell anybody. He didn't even tell his crew until they were out at sea. Anyway, he was from Norway, so he was pretty familiar with cold and winter and that kind of thing. And he was also familiar with the cultures that had developed in that environment and the way they adapted and the clothes they wore and the way they got around and the food they ate. So Amundsen adopted a lot of their strategies for living in extreme cold temperatures, like traditional sealskin clothing and dog sleds for pulling all his supplies. But again, this was the heroic age of Antarctic expedition. So there were other people trying to reach it, particularly this British explorer named Robert Falcon Scott. And both of the teams arrived on the coast of Antarctica in early 1911, and they even bumped into each other at one point. But other than that, they kind of kept to themselves. Now, they spent almost a whole year dropping supplies along the path they were going to take to the South Pole. It's like little grocery stores along the way, so they wouldn't have to carry so much stuff when they finally made their push to reach the pole. Then, in late 1911, both of the teams independently tried to make it to the pole. Amundsen was using dog sleds, while Scott was trying, he tried ponies, he had these tractors that no one had ever really used before and 
if those didn't work, he was just going to pull the sleds by hand, which a lot of expeditions had tried to do. And the ponies and the tractors didn't work. So Scott's expedition ended up just sort of hauling their stuff themselves most of the way. Now, remember, this is 1911. There were no telephones. These guys were on their own for years. They had everything they needed in their ships, and that was it. If they didn't bring it with them, they didn't have it. It was, in a lot of ways, they were even more remote than being an astronaut is today. They had no contact with the outside world, and they didn't have any contact with each other. After bumping into each other that one time, neither expedition knew what the other one was doing. And so today, December 14th, 1911, Amundsen's dog sled team, I think there were four of them, reached the South Pole. They had to use sextants to figure out where they were. It's like this device that you use the position of the sun to find out where you are. The sun, you can also use the stars, but it was the South Pole in in our winter, their summer, and the sun never sets down there. So there was no stars. They were using the sun. They used sextants, and then he set up a big marker that Scott couldn't miss because he knew that there was this big debate over the North Pole. He wanted to make sure Scott knew that he'd been there first. And then they turned around and they headed home. And it took until January 25th, so over a month, for them to get all the way back to their ship. They immediately packed everything up and sailed back to Australia to tell the world that Norway had been first to the South Pole. This week I'm doing a riddle a day. Here's the answer for yesterday's riddle, which was you walk into a dark room, you're holding a match, you see three things, a kerosene lamp, a candle, and a fireplace. Which one do you light first? The answer, the match, because then you can light the others. Okay, so for today, hopefully this is a, a little trickier, a little more challenging. I'm trying to make them harder every day. I don't know if it's working. So here's the Thursday riddle. What goes up, but never comes down? Hmm. What goes up, but never comes down? I'll give you the answer tomorrow. All right, we have a birthday today. Danish astronomer Tycho Brahe. He's pretty old. He was born in 1546. He's not around anymore. But he did help us figure out how the planets move. And he got some things wrong, but he kind of laid the groundwork for pretty much everything that has followed, including present day NASA's Voyager 1 spacecraft. Now, Voyager 1 is the furthest man-made object from Earth. It is actually in interstellar space, which means it has left our solar system 15 billion miles away from us. Amazing as that is, unfortunately, it makes it hard to fix when something goes wrong. Like now. Now, normally, Voyager 1 sends updates about what it sees out there in deep space. But since November, it's just been sending this loop of zeros and ones and zeros and ones and zeros and ones, essentially gibberish, kind of like it's stuck. That may not be surprising when you figure that Voyager 1 was built to last five years and it's been working for, let me carry the one, 46 years. Yes, it was launched in 1977, possibly older than some of your parents. And it's still out there, still functioning, still sending information. Of course, now the information is a little bit wonky. But when you think about it, this is way before anything like a cell phone, the computers we know, and it's still working. It's still chugging away, still receiving signals from Earth. So scientists are able to kind of tell it to reboot 
um, and see if they can get those systems back online and working again. But it's so far away that it takes more than 22 hours for a signal to get from Earth to the Voyager, which means that to get a signal back from the Voyager, you're talking 45 hours round trip to see if what you're trying is working. So fixing it is kind of a slow process. This sort of thing has happened before and they've been able to get it working again. So we'll see, keep our fingers crossed. It may not have that much longer anyway. It runs on nuclear power, but that's expected to run out around 2025, just a couple of years from now. They've been shutting down systems over the years to try to save power, but you know there's only so much they can do. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Best wishes for Voyager. We'll do a quick look at the weather and quick because it looks pretty much the same as yesterday. Maybe a little warmer in the southern part of the country. Uh, up in the Pacific Northwest, you might get some rain. That's a surprise. But uh, whatever you did yesterday, pretty much most of the country, that's probably going to work for today. And that's going to be it for today at KMNN Kids Morning News Network. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Alex, signing off. Mm-hmm.